Hello, my name is Diane Schindler. You are listening to In the Know. This podcast show includes writing tips, travel tips, and my views of life from savvy and thoughtful to quirky and humorous. I hope you enjoy the show. I am wonderful. I am so happy to be on In the Know. I listen to you. I have loved you and uh, Bonna's Bite Sides Nuggets. And uh, I'm thrilled to be here giving you a few bites of me. <laughs> I want I want a few bites of you. Thank you so much for coming. Give me a little tidbit of how you uh, about your childhood and how this all began. I grew up on a diet of, of morbid fairy tales, really sad, sick ones. <laughs> I grew up on endless episodes of Twilight Zone and Tales from the Crypt and all those creepy shows and stories my father would tell me when he put me to bed. Uh, my father was a master of the never-ending story. He would put me to bed telling me uh, the story of, it was a dark and dreary night, and the captain said to Antonio, Antonio, tell me a story. So Aww. Antonio began, the night was dark and dreary, and the captain said to Antonio, Antonio, tell me a story. So Antonio began. The night was dark and dreary. You get the <laughs> I fell asleep because I'm listening to this story and it just droned. <laughs> That's so sweet, though. That is so sweet that your father. That was, sweet. that was the sweet one. Then there was the other story. My father remembered this story from his boyhood growing up in Poland. It was about a trapper named it was Pinsk from the town of Minsk. He was a trapper <laughs> and he was heading to town with a sleigh full of furs when he turned around and there was a wolf behind him and the wolf was gaining on him. So he cut off his hand and threw it to the wolf. Now, remember, I'm a child. Yeah. <laughs> and the wolf, it kept the wolf at bay. The wolf would stop eating the hand and the trapper would go on and then he would turn around and see the wolf was gaining on him again. So he would cut off another hand and I would go, oh, daddy, how can he do that? How can he hold on to the sleigh? Oh, you interrupted me. We'll have to start again tomorrow night. Oh. And then the next night, Minsk was heading to town with his sleigh full of furs and the wolf was gaining on him and he would cut off a hand and an arm. And But daddy, how can he do that? Oh, you interrupted me. Uh -oh. we'll I got smart. After a long time of this, I said, I am going to stay up and I am going to hear the end of this story, actually believing there was an end to the story. You are listening to Barbara Rhine. She debuted her first book series in the fourth grade. The title of it was The Adventures of Cassandra McGillicuddy in Outer Space, complete with stick figure drawings. Can you imagine? She was admonished by her teacher for doing book reports on her own books. She put writing aside for years while stories piled up in her head. And one day she opened her laptop and out they poured. Now, as you know, she is an award-winning and Amazon best-selling author. She lives with her husband and dachshund traveling with a well-packed suitcase between New York and Florida. She writes strange, fantastical, and downright weird short stories, darkly brilliant tales that teeter on the edge of reality, reimagined nightmares concocted from a childhood diet of macabre fairy tales and endless episodes of Twilight Zone. 
She also writes chuckle-inducing personal essays inspired by the quirks and oddities that bounce her way. Let's go back and listen to Barbara. Oh, my gosh. I mean, is this the kind of story you tell a child to put them to bed? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, because look what's, so look what's happened. You've become a, an award-winning author and a bestseller on Amazon. I mean, come on. Yes. This is fantastic. With my, yes, and with my creepy stories. Yes, I love it. Well, tell us about your most recent book. Tales from the Erie Canal, 22 stories infested with a gaggle of goosebumps and delightfully creepy twists. A twilight zone of fantasy, horror, sci-fi, and romance. Fear the shadows, enjoy the ride, leave the lights on. Ooh. Murder by toilet bowl plunger, revenge by pie, a birthday gift of a trip to hell, a school teacher tormented by autumn leaves, 22 stories like that. Yeah, I write my nightmares. A sinister mystery of Edgar Allan Poe twisted in the dark humor of Edward Gorey. Bites of psychological horror sprinkled with bits of the absurd. Well, this appropriate now because it's Halloween. Time. I know. And I love Edward Gorey. I, I think I fell in love with him when I first read his Gashley Crumb Tinies. I don't know about Edward Gorey. He wrote an alphabet of the, the Gashley Crumb Tinies are children who have been all done in by um, strange occurrences. Uh, they all died in an alphabetical order. A is for Amy who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil assaulted by bears. C is for Clara who wasted away. D is for Desmond thrown out of a sleigh. M is for Maud who was swept out to sea. N is for Neville who died of ennui. O is for Olive run through with an all. P is for Prue trampled flat in a brawl. They've all been killed in the most awful ways, all these children, and there's an entire alphabet of them. Wow. You know what? You are such a cheerful person <laughs> and happy and fun. I'm shocked that the basis for this is such all these children, 26 of them that died in certain ways. That's how you learned the alphabet. Yes. <laughs> But it, you, you must know Edward Gorey. He did the illustrations for Masterpiece Theater. You know, oh. the fainting damsels. Yes, I love his illustrations. Thanks for the information. I'll leave that. Uh, I'll try to find him and leave a link to his work in the show notes for this, this podcast. And that reminds me, all of you listeners out there need to make sure that you check the program notes. You can see pictures of all of Barbara's essays and her latest book and her author page that will all be there, including her email address, as well as her Facebook page. Be sure to check the program notes. I'm curious about how you went from writing to publishing overnight. That was funny. I was encouraged to publish all my writing groups encouraged me to put my stories together in a book. And I would say, oh, sure, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. Was this but at I, the villages? In New York and in the villages, uh -huh. yeah. And I was just 
clueless as how to do this. And it seemed like every time I got a pebble of knowledge, I was inundated with boulders of stuff I did not know. It, yeah. it was it was so overwhelming. The funny thing is somebody, uh, there was a, a local magazine here who was looking, it was looking for stories. The editor was looking for stories. Uh, so I got in touch with her. She wanted holiday stories. And I sent her one about my father and she said, this is great. I'll save it for Father's Day. I think this was like in April. So I sent her back something. I said, maybe you have I have something else that's a little more timely. It's not holiday, but it's about toilet paper. And of course, this was in the, the toilet paper. It's <laughs> a COVID <laughs> toilet paper problem. So I sent it to her. She loved it. She published it. It got great reviews. Somebody actually wanted to reprint it. And then I got an email from a friend of mine who said, I had an epiphany in the middle of the night put it up on Amazon, sell it for a dollar. So I went to KDP and I saw, oh, you just upload your manuscript. Mm -hmm. okay. But now they want a cover. Okay. So I went to the free image sites and I found a cute toilet paper cover and I put it up. And the next thing I knew I was published. And then the next thing I knew it went to number one in short reads on Amazon. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Congratulations. That's incredible. So I said, oh, this is not so bad. I can actually <laughs> do this. So I put up four other essays on Amazon and it just got me started step by step, you know, Anne Lamott, bird by bird, step yes. by step, how I did it. And I said, this is doable. So then I, I said, okay, I need a cover. And people said to me, oh, no, you don't want to cover. You want to get an editor. And then they will, you know, a publisher will do this for you. And I said, I'll be dead by the time somebody. <laughs> I will, And this is a story. Wait a minute, you'll be dead by the time somebody what? Somebody actually says, OK, I'll publish your book. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I know how <laughs> that feels. This is, this is what happened. I went to a Florida Writers Association conference. It was a three day conference, but. The day before was a special day if you wanted to have a, uh, a celebrity speaker um, to, to you know, join with a celebrity speaker. And it was all about query letters. And I said, oh, this is what I need. So I went on Thursday and one hour into this full day, I raised my hand. I said, how do you do a query letter for a compilation of stories? And he said, you don't. No editor or publisher will touch a compilation of short stories. There's no money in it. Wow. And, and then he said to me, so what are your stories about? I said, Twilight Zone type stories. And he said, what? That's too old. No one knows that anymore. Oh my gosh, you're kidding. So one hour into a four day conference, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> then I had already signed up. I stayed, I did stay. But I had already signed up for a session with an editor who seemed, her bio seemed to fit with me. Mm -hmm. And um, the night before I'm to meet with her, I kept thinking, I can't give her my Twilight Zone pitch. That's terrible. That's old. What do I do? Now, if you've ever been to a conference, you know there are tables of people selling their services, editorial services, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like Halloween. It's like trick-or-treating. Every table you go to, they have a bowl of candy. Right. And my husband loves dark chocolate. So I had been collecting Dove chocolates, dark chocolates. 
And I'm lying in bed thinking, what can I do to present myself to this woman? And I'm looking at my chocolates across the way on the desk and I go, dark chocolate, that's me. My stories are like dark chocolate. Oh, Most listen of them how are creative dark. you are. Some of them are milk and mild. A few are white and light. Well, I gave her that presentation and she just looked at me and she says, I love this. <laughs> Not my stories, my pitch. Oh. And she gave me hard. <laughs> and she said, I don't work in this <laughs> field, but I might know somebody. So that didn't pan out, but at least I got some pitch out of it. And oh, I, you got, know, that's I a least- great story because the, so here you were faced with quote rejection within an hour, hour and a half, and you turned it into chocolate. It's, it's the way my head works. <laughs> have to just sell your stories to magazines that's the only way you're ever going to get published mm-hmm. and my goodness I am not selling my children for a penny a word no way yes no. <laughs> yeah Diane it doesn't stop and the only way it's going to stop if I stop taking showers because that's where all my ideas come to me you it's you stop terrible. taking you stop taking what showers oh <laughs> <laughs> please don't well, that's the problem. I do take showers and everything comes to me. And, Does it you know, in the shower? That's so interesting. I, oh my goodness. I, I fix all my stories. I get new stories. I get all these ideas in the shower. How long are your showers? I, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to wash that creativity right out of your hair. I don't think so. <laughs> You've told me all about your father and the stories that he told you at bedtime. You also have explained how you've gone from writing to publishing overnight, quote, unquote. And but you haven't told us about your bug phobia. Well, that's one of the things that scares me. There are things that scare me. And I've I've written two stories actually about this one. Autumn leaves after the sun goes down. Have you ever been outside on an autumn evening where the wind is blowing? Not not strong, but it's just there's there's this brisk wind coming and you hear this skittling, skittering coming down the road. It's autumn leaves being pushed by the wind. And to me, it sounds like children running. And I think of them as the souls of dead children running down the street. And then I got the idea that, oh, well, maybe these children are wearing autumn leaves on the soles of their feet. Mm -hmm. And so that spurred two different stories. The last leaves of autumn. Yeah. A school teacher is tormented by autumn leaves. It's the last leaves of autumn. That's from from the book that we've already talked about, that your most recent book. Yeah, her, is, students, her students were murdered and she wasn't there that day. And it's, it's all about her. You're scaring me, Barbara. <laughs> You're scaring me. It was a story I was almost afraid to write because I live in New York. I'm very close to Connecticut. And I was, I can tell you exactly where I was the day that those children were murdered at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Oh, Mm-hmm. And, and to even put that in a story, I almost thought it was sacrilege, mm-hmm. but it's part of me. 
So I, I brought that in. You and Stephen King. <laughs> he's the macabre too. Yes. And yes. He's, he's brilliant. I'm going to stop for a moment and thank you for listening to In the Know. If you have an interest in being interviewed, as Barbara Ryan is being interviewed today, please send me an email, diane at dianeabroad.com, and I will forward to you the interview request form. What we do here on In the Know, we make sure that we help authors reach a different audience, the podcast listeners audience. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm afraid of the dark. I will admit that because if you can't see it, it could be anything. And my imagination can just conjecture anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bugs go back to the morbid fairy tales that I grew up on. That and the fact that when I was about four or five years old, my brother chased me around the house with a box of chocolate covered ants trying to get me to eat one. There is a uh, Hans Christian Andersen story. And and this is interesting. I always, always thought this was odd. Grimm's fairy tales are happy endings. Andersen's fairy tales are grim. (laughs) The opposite. Yes. But but it's (laughs) he should have been named the Grimm brothers. (laughs) Yeah. There was the story of the girl who trod on a loaf. This is a nasty little girl who's favorite thing to do is to pull the wings off of insects so they couldn't fly away. They could only crawl. Ooh, she was nasty. Her mother was poor. She was sent to live with the grandmother. I don't know if I have the details exactly right, but um, she was spoiled and one day was sent to bring a loaf of bread to her poor mother. Well, she was wearing new, beautiful shoes. And on the way to her mother, she came across a mud puddle. She put this loaf of bread down in the mud puddle to step across it so she wouldn't ruin her shoes. Well, as soon as she stepped on the loaf, she sank down into the mire all the way to the bottom. And down there were all the bugs that she'd ever pulled the wings off of. They couldn't fly away. They just crawled all over her. And to this day, I still scare myself when I think about that story. I'm going to have trouble sleeping now. That is gruesome. I have never read that story. You know, the story of the little match girl who, you know, she froze to death in the, in the cold, lighting her very last match and the red shoes where uh, she only wanted these red ballet slippers or whatever they were. And she was told not to put them on, but she did. And she danced off and could never stop dancing and just danced herself to death. So, you know, these are Anderson's, mm-hmm. <laughs> Hans Christian Anderson's fairy tales. And this is what I read to death over and over when I was a kid. I loved them. <laughs> you do have to blame your dad for this, don't you? He you started. said it's in, your, it's in your genes. Well, let me tell you another story about my father. When he died, he hung around for a few weeks. I was sitting with my mother. Um, we're Jewish. We sit Shiva. I was Mm -hmm. sitting with my mother in her den, waiting for people to come. And the lamp on the end table in her den started to not flicker, but like a seance globe. It would glow and ebb and glow and ebb. It was the strangest thing. Mm -hmm. We sat there and my mother's going, Saul, is that you? And then it stopped. Well, but the same thing happened the next afternoon. We were sitting in her den, waiting for people to come. And the lamp did the same thing. Now, this is a lamp that, I mean, we checked the cord. We checked the switch, the plug. 
the lamp did the same thing, glow and ebb and glow and ebb. And I said, daddy, is that you? And it stopped. Well, the next morning I called my mother and I said, you know, laughing, how's the lamp? She goes, I don't know, I threw it out. <gasps> and this is a practical woman who never threw anything out. <laughs> so at the end of Shiva at our house, if you, it was an exhausting week and, you know, people bring food. My dining room table was a Viennese table. My husband and I were trying to clean up. We were tired. We were snipping at each other. And then my dining room chandelier started to do this glow. And, and my husband who had been, he kept saying, oh, you know, your stories are just too bereft women. You know, not, you're just hoping for things. Well, he saw it himself. And the chandelier didn't stop until I threw up my hands and I said, okay, daddy, we'll stop fighting. And it stopped. <gasps> well, the next week I was back at work and I was telling these incidences to a colleague of mine. I'm in the little staff kitchen at work. There was a microwave on the counter with a big heavy cafeteria tray sitting on top of it. I had put my cup of water down on the counter behind me and I'm telling her these incidences and all of a sudden her face changes. And I didn't know why the cafeteria tray tipped over, slid off, hit my cup of water and splashed water all over me. And she looks at me, she goes, do you know what your father wants? The only thing I could think of is with all these things going on, I'm always looking for spilled water, uh, a light that does something. It's my father's last never ending story. I'm mm. still looking for them. Mm. I, th I think dead people are someplace doing something fun, playing mahjong. I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but I always think that um, if you not just think them, but say their name, they're going to yes. perk up. Oh, oh, someone's talking about me. Isn't that nice? Yeah. I always feel that way. Mm -hmm. My oh, mother yeah. did too. She was angry with me. Oh. Yeah. I had thrown out a painting of hers. The whole back was shredded and it was, I couldn't do anything with it. So I had to throw it out and she was quite angry. That night she threw a uh, sculpture off of a bookcase, just missed my nose. <gasps> Actually, she was angry. I still see my mother in uh, license plates. This was funny. Uh, somebody came over when I was sitting Shiva for her and said, let's go for a walk. You have to get out of here. We took a walk up the street and somebody had left a box of books out in front of their property, you know, take one mm -hmm. and right on top of the book by Edna something it was my mother's name, Edna. And I went then also, I went with my husband to get some wine because people were coming over and we asked the clerk, you know, we want this type of wine. And he took us right to the shelf. There was a, a wine, Edna Valley. Edna Valley is my favorite white wine. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a beautiful a Chardonnay that is oaky Chardonnay. How critiques in groups can confuse you as a writer. I, I'm going to tell you both. I, I, in the FWA uh, competition a few years ago, I entered three short stories all three of them made the final, which was unbelievable. Yes. And I was so looking forward to my rubrics, which is, you know, it's a, a judging critique, a rubric. Mm -hmm. it's a, yes. And I, because I always want to make things better. I, I, I don't mind negative comments as long as they're done nicely. <laughs> well, I got my rubrics back. I would get a hundred, a 96, and then an 86. Ooh. What people 
specifically loved about my story, somebody else specifically didn't. So it was very confusing and disappointing because what do I do? <laughs> what did you do? You go with the majority and you go mm-hmm. with your gut. It also happens in critique groups where somebody will say something to me and I'll think, oh my gosh, they're so off base. They didn't even read my story. That's like not even you know possible. And then it'll, it'll marinate. And a few days later, it'll hit me. Oh, you know, he said that because he was confused about something I said way in the beginning of the story. I need to fix that. Yeah, good for you. I can be annoyed with critiques, but I don't ignore them. That is such a good lesson. You can be annoyed, but don't ignore them. Yeah, there's always a grain of truth in there. If somebody says, even in general, oh, I don't get your stories. I don't care if they don't like my stories. Of course, I care if they don't like them, but <laughs> but they should get them. And if they don't get them, what am I missing? I need yes. to know. I need yes. this. What I find is that somebody will say something to me and right away, I, I, I either think, I, one, I agree, maybe. Two, I think, well, they didn't understand A, B, and C. And so I sleep on that. And now I can't sleep very long because I realize if I say they didn't understand A, B, and C, then I need to go back and fix A, B, and C, just like you explained. The other thing that happens, somebody will say something that hits a nerve. I knew that at some level in my head, I knew, but I think, oh, it's unimportant nobody will notice. And it comes crashing down at me in a critique. That is so, so true. Yes. I, I, it's like, I tried to get away with something and somebody caught. Yes. Right. You can't hide when you're right. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you so much for your interview today. How much fun are you And these stories are great, really great. And I'm so impressed. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Well, yes. (laughs) They're humorous personal essays. Ah, Thank you. You have five humorous personal essays. I've listed all of those in the program notes. And then now we're looking at full-blown book. The book is totally different than my humorous essays. These are creepy stories, 22 creepy stories. It's the other side of me. So the first four stories are humorous. Now you're creepy. Yes. The book is creepy. The essays are funny. I think it sounds to me like a perfect Halloween gift. It is. And it's not hardcore, gory horror at all. Although one story might be, but (laughs) (laughs) there's some tongue in cheek in there. I have, I have a story about an opera singing dachshund who uh, he's quite conceited and he, he, commits murder but uh <laughs> i love that i have i have to get some of your stories i'm going to pull those down they're 99 cents these first five personal essays are 99 cents on kindle at the time of this podcast we are a few days ahead of the actual publication of tales of eerie canal i i'm about to give birth and it let me tell you it's just as painful <laughs> Yeah. And it's not a lifetime commitment. That's the other thing, right? When you get, when you have a child, it's forever. 
Well, I don't know. You know, with the marketing, it could be forever. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, I want did we cover everything that you wanted to cover? I Barbara? think we did. Um, yeah, I, I I already have some reviews up on Goodreads and I I'm so thrilled with them. My goodness, people are saying such wonderful things. I had goosebumps, throat lumps, and I'm sure I saw shadows on my wall. Um, I have an unimaginable imagination. Just a fabulous things they're saying. I'm not sure how her mind works, but I have to say she's one heck of a writer. I, wow, <laughs> that's fantastic. I Congratulations. Know. Thank you. You know, I feel like I'm in, I'm the new kid in junior high. Will they like me? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like Sally Fields. You like me. So they like you. Remember Sally Fields when she got the Academy Award? She said, you really, really like me. Well, those three Goodreads reviews that you just read, and the book isn't even published yet. Those are your uh, early readers. That's so impressive. You So you should be tall as a seventh grader now. <laughs> Diane, you're very funny. <laughs> so are you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I want to hear more from you and more um, books, more personal essays. The personal right? essays, yeah, th those are, they come a lot easier than an entire book. So uh, I don't know. I, I, I keep thinking my, my next venture will be into children's writing, which is a whole other story. I, I did what my father did. When my daughter was young, I would put her to sleep and tell her stories. Mm. He was, she was living in the city and about to be married, about to move to California. She came home, went up to her room to gather some things to take with her. And I heard her screaming, mom, where are my books? So I went upstairs and I said, which books? Because we loved mouse tails and frog and toad. And no, the books you read to me when I was going to bed. The shoelace, how the cat got its meow. Oh my goodness, Steph, think about it. The lights were out. I told you those stories. My daughter was devastated and I was elated <laughs> because my stories made an impression on her. Yes. Of course, yes. I felt sorry for her. <laughs> sweet, sweet story. Too bad. You'll have to conjure those stories back up. Too, too bad you didn't record them. They're probably in your head somewhere. You can find them. They are in there. Yeah, they're they're in one of the mailboxes. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, thank you so much. Oh, Diane, thank you. This was so much fun. And I so appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, it was a delight. You are a delight. Good luck to you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to In The Know. If you would like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing and sharing it with your family and friends. You can like this episode, leave a comment, and even add a rating. Your support is very important to the success of In The Know. Thank you for listening and see you next time.